time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You know, I've been talking about discipleship and all the different, uh, or many of the different aspects of discipleship and just what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ in not only the world that we live in, but the current climate that we find ourselves in uh, in these days. And, you know, more and more as I talk about this in my book, uh, The End of America, question mark, the world is going to continue uh, in its vitriol hatred of Christianity, of Christ, and of those who faithfully follow him. And Jesus told us that would happen. We'll get to that in just a minute. But, you know, all over the world today, Christians are being persecuted. We have pretty much gotten a pass here in America because we've been in a Christianized culture, a Christianized nation where, for the most part, uh, leading up to the past few decades, we've been fairly civil in the way that we have treated one another in regards to the Christian faith. There have been many other ways we've mistreated each other. But in regards to the faith, we've we've sort of gotten a pass. I mean, you know, growing up, we said the Pledge of Allegiance and even included the words under God uh, in my school. And, you know, there were a lot of Christian activities and Christian professors and teachers and that type of thing. However, in the world that we live in today, the current culture, the climate of spirituality, there is like a pot on the back of the stove that has just been simmering for a, the longest time. And it seems like that Satan has really turned up the heat and there's becoming more and more hatred against Christians. So it's not just, yeah, you believe whatever you want to believe, you know, and it'll be okay. And if we see a street preacher, we'll make fun of him. But now it's to the point where if you are vocal about any aspect of your faith, you open up yourself to attack and to persecution from the world. Now, fortunately, we're in America where they don't kill us yet, right? Uh, they're not coming after us with, with guns and, and that kind of thing and, and sticks and stones, although I have been in situations where we've been run out of town and we've been uh, pelted with rocks and dust thrown on us and trying to run over us with a, with a car and that kind of thing. But that's in other countries, and it really hasn't been like that in America just for standing up for your faith, unlike other places like Iraq where uh, daughters of Christians are forcibly kidnapped uh, by others just because they're Christians. These are mainly in Muslim uh, countries. Um, uh, there was a, a specific case where these four daughters were kidnapped from a family uh, and they're Christians. And uh, obviously the parents were very upset about that and, and, you know, searched for their daughters, could not find them. And then a few days later, there was a knock at their door and opening the door, they found several large plastic black uh, black plastic bags uh, and inside the bags to their horror they discovered the dismembered remains of their beloved daughters uh, bags filled with body parts and adding more gore to their grief there was also a videotape included that showed their little girls being brutally raped tortured and then finally murdered 
as a message, you better not be a Christian in our culture. That's the message that people are getting, that Christians are getting in many places around the world. Uh, they're being uh, crucified. <laughs> Literally, Christians are being crucified. Uh, they're being uh, put, they're being beaten to death. Uh, they're being forced to kneel and shot in the back of the head. They're being, uh, their churches are being attacked with bombs. Uh, they're being sentenced to labor camps. Uh, they're being pressured to sacrifice animals to village spirits in certain cultures. Uh, they're receiving death sentences for leaving their former religion. Uh, there, there are orders to kill Christians in certain communities around the world. Uh, you're being arrested. You're being um, placed into cages and submerged in water until you you suffocate until you die and so you know christians are being persecuted all over the world and a lot of statistics are out there as to how many christians are really losing their life but but here's the deal you know back during the first century when christianity first really blossomed and came to the forefront guess what's going on persecutions going on and they were uh, killing Christians by the hundreds and by the thousands and whenever they were caught. In fact, that's the whole point of, of the Apostle Paul's testimony is that hey, I used to be one of those guys, but I met Christ on the road to Damascus and he changed my life. But just so you get kind of an idea of what your brothers and sisters went through in the first century, their persecution, their early, the early Christians, they had their blood spilt at the hands of Roman emperors and officials. They were you know, Rome was generally tolerant, but when they decided to make an example of you and put you in the Colosseum or come to your house for whatever reason, then they absolutely uh, made other people fearful of becoming Christians. And so during that era, Christians were crucified. They were roasted over beds of hot coals. They were skinned alive slowly. They were sewn into animal skins, except for your head sticking out and your hands and your feet, and then eaten by wild dogs. They were starved to death, boiled alive, ground to death in stone mills, crushed to death. They were scourged or, or beat to death with whips. They were placed inside brazen bulls, uh, brass bulls, and, and then the bulls were heated up, and you could just hear the Christians screaming and the smoke of their, their flesh being burned coming out the nostrils of the bulls. Uh, they were branded with hot irons. They were pounded with clubs. They had their tongues cut off breasts amputated, their limbs and teeth pulled out. They were thrown in rivers. They were exiled to hard labor. And, and that's the way it's been throughout history. And yet we've been really isolated and insulated from that in our country. But I don't think that, that those days will, will be far off because if we continue to be vocal about what we believe, the world will absolutely hate us for it. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus says in John chapter 15, beginning verse 18. He says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. In other words, if you toe the line and go along with all the correct terminology and, and say what you need to say and, and go along with their values and don't buck the system, you know, th they'll leave you alone pretty much, you know. But Jesus said that they will hate you because you're not of the world. He says, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And later on, Jesus says the reason 
that they do this. Verse 21, he says, because they don't know God. If they knew God, obviously they would recognize you as one of God's children and they wouldn't persecute you. He also said in verses 22 through 24, that very same passage, he said, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have no sin. They would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. In other words, he says, I came and exposed their sin by my righteous standards that I preached and by me calling them out in their sin. That's why they hate you. You see, Jesus was hated because he told the truth about humanity and about sin. If you tell the truth about humanity, if you tell the truth about really what is, what is going on with homosexuality, with abortion, they're not going to say, you know what? I respect your opinion. We just choose to disagree. You don't get that too much. You get called every name with every expletive in the book and that's just the way that the world operates you know why because you're calling out their sin that's why otherwise if they were comfortable in their sin they were happy with their sin and they didn't care about what you believe they would just say hey that's fine I, I like doing what I'm doing man just go about your way I'll go about mine that's not the way it is they hate you for it listen the most loving kind compassionate human being that ever walked the planet was Jesus Christ he did more good for humanity than any person who has ever lived in human history. And how did the world respond to that? Well, they butchered him and then nailed him to a piece of wood. That's how they responded. So Jesus says, if you, if you act like me, the word Christian, by the way, means little Christ. If you act like a little Christ, not that you pretend to be Christ, but that you follow him, then they're going to treat you just like that eventually in some way. If, if. You're vocal about your faith. Now, today, we have a lot of ways that we're vocal about our faith. You know, when I was growing up and I was a first a Christian, sometimes you'd see these guys that they would literally be on the street corner with a bullhorn and they would be preaching the gospel. And, and typically, they would just be preaching about things that they thought was sin. Things like going to the movies or wearing blue jeans or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> And we would actually laugh at them, right? Because they're just, they're preaching, as the Bible says, man's righteousness as the righteousness of God. And, you know, it's just, there's no basis in that. But today, you don't see a whole lot of that. And and really, to be honest, that's, it's kind of like casting your pearls before swine. I mean, what's, when's the last time you really had a lot of people come to know Jesus because you're just shouting on the street corner? So we don't do a whole lot of that. So we do things like we'll post a meme or we'll, you know, share a quote on Instagram or, you know, we'll have a conversation with a friend at school or at work or maybe a relative and that kind of thing. And depending on the level of relationship, you may get some, um, some blowback from that. And typically what happens is, is that there are people who will take shots at you from the cheap seats on social media, people that don't even know you, they'll just absolutely attack you. I, I received one of those attacks today on a, a post on Facebook, and I simply posted that I was going to be preaching at a church about the blessed hope, about the rapture. And man, this guy wrote this huge response. And I can't share it with you because I've since deleted it because I do not argue with people online. That's the most senseless, ridiculous waste of time you ever do is to have an argument with someone online. 
And so, <clears throat> but basically what he said was, you know, I'm, I'm a moron. I'm a charlatan. I'm insane. All my followers. Yes. The millions of followers that follow Jeff Kinley, all of you guys are insane as well uh, because we believe in a mythical creature and no one's coming back uh, from heaven at any point. And that all we're going to do is just destroy the planet with our, with our bad talk. Okay. Cause we're mindless moronic idiots. That was basically his position. Of course, he provided absolutely no basis for what he believed. Uh, but you know, he's, you know, that that's what people do is they just want to th- drive by and throw a rock and then head off into the sunset. So there's no, there's no real sense of, Hey, have you ever thought about this? Or, or is this really true? Or, or have you ever considered that, you know, this happened in history or how do you answer this? It's not that it's just an attack, you know? And of course I didn't take it personally because uh, I consider, you know, where this, where the source is and the guy's probably just very, very lonely, but here's the deal. There's a cool verse in Peter and in second Peter, and he's talking to a group of Christians who are scattered all over Asia minor during those days uh, during the first century. And he's talking to them about uh, the fact that in the last days, he actually uses that phrase, that people are going to come along and there's going to be this increase of mocking and scoffing and making fun of and this uh, skepticism, this, this huge attack on the beliefs of Christianity. And we see it even within some of the false teachers of our own day who posture themselves as these uh, intellectuals uh, questioning what the Bible even says. And so, but let me just read to you what, what Peter says. This is so cool. He says, knowing this first. So he says, guys, keep this in mind, that scoffers will come in the last days. So there it is right there. Peter said in the last days that the scoffers would come. Some translations say the mockers will come. And he says they are walking according to their own lusts or their own desires. In other words, the way of their conduct, the course of their lifestyle, the way that their minds work, he says these are guys that are consumed by themselves, their own thoughts. They don't really have the ability to open themselves up to consider the possibilities of the claims of Christianity, the claims of Jesus, the claims of the Bible, <clears throat> they just walk according to their own desires. They're just filled with their themselves, basically. And that's pretty obvious to see by the way in which they carry out their scoffing. But here's what they say. It says, and they're saying, where's the promise of his coming? In other words, where do you see Jesus coming back? I mean, where's this event you guys keep talking about? Because... I've been hanging around for a while and humanity's been around for a while. And it's been 2000 years and he's not back yet. And he's either forgotten or he's not coming back or he never said it, or he doesn't even really exist in the first place. Right? That's what the Bible calls scoffing or mocking. Now here's why God's word takes that so seriously. Okay. The reason that, that God takes that so seriously is because of three things. Number one, God says his word is true. So if it's in the Bible, it's at least making the claim that what it's saying is true. Secondly, Jesus Christ also predicted that in the last days there would be false teachers and false Christs. And the third reason why this is such a serious thing is because God actually cares about those scoffers. He actually cares about the mockers. Jesus came 
to give salvation to people who did not have any hope. The people that say that there's a mythical God in the heaven, that they didn't really exist, you know. These people who claim to be atheists, although in their heart they know that they're really not. Here's the deal. Jesus wants to save them. In fact, he goes on to say this here later on this passage. We'll get to that in a second. But, but, but those are the three reasons why that this is such a serious thing. So when, when God claims to say something, then you better check out if that's really true or not. Because if it is true, your eternal destiny depends upon it. So if Jesus claimed to be God, if, Jesus claimed, if, if the Bible claims that Jesus rose from the dead and that it, unless you trust in him, that you'll spend eternity separated from God, that's a pretty serious thing. If you go to a doctor and a doctor says, you have stage four bone cancer. I don't know if that's even a thing, but if it is, that's a, that's a bad thing. Well, if he just even says those words, you better check it out. You say, well, wait, he's a doctor. Wouldn't he be telling you the truth? I don't know. They're quacks who are doctors. They're doctors who misdiagnose you, doctors who misread MRIs and CAT scans and x-rays and that type of thing. He could be wrong. Sure, he could be wrong. So you better check it out. You better get a second opinion. You better do your homework. So it's a very serious thing to question and to mock and to scoff at what God's word says is true. And I encourage people to do that. You need to check it out. And you know what? You may come up with a conclusion that, hey, I still don't believe in God. Hey, that's fine. You know what? You're going to have to live with that decision, though. Because so, whatever decision you make concerning the most important human being that ever walked the planet, that's the decision you will live with a billion years from tonight. So you better be sure about what you're saying. He says, where's the promise of his coming? Peter writes, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue just as they were from the beginning of creation. It means from the beginning of the world, not that they actually believe in, in creation, okay? But the beginning of, of the world, because these people today who mock don't believe that God created the world, right? Verse five, Second Peter three, for, if, for this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world in that time existed and then perished being flooded with water. But he said, the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word of God are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Say, so what in the world does that mean? Just put very simply, this is what it means. It's saying that they know that there's a God. Because Romans 1 claims that every human being knows from creation and from an inner conscience that God gives you that there's something greater, something out there. We didn't just happen, right? And yet they willfully choose to ignore that. And he says, because of that, he says the world won't be flooded by water again, but he says the world's going to be destroyed by fire, as we see in, in Revelation. Uh, in chapters 20 through 22, it says the, there's a new heavens and a new earth because the old earth, earth and heavens were destroyed by fire. God's going to bring fire and destroy the whole thing. He's going to melt the elements, it says. Talk about global warming. That's called godly warming, <laughs> godly heating up the planet. God's going to destroy this mess. Doesn't mean we shouldn't take care of the planet. Not saying that. But it is saying that this earth's going to burn, man. It's all going to burn one day. That's the claim, all right, that the word of God makes. And he says this, just so we don't get angry and, and frustrated with these people and just, oh, the hell with you. And you're just going to go to hell anyway. And who cares about you? Hey, there's a time to not engage like I did with this scoffer today, because I'm, 
it's just a waste of time with someone like that. There's a time to have dialogue. There's a time to argue. There's a time to debate. There's a time to do all these things. But here's the deal. God says in verse eight, he says, but beloved, do not forget this one thing that, that the, with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. It's not, not doing a one-to-one deal like this is how time works. It's just saying that God is beyond time. Okay. He says, the Lord is not slow or slack concerning his promise as some count slackness or slowness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He goes on to say, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will all be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons should you be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we are, according to his promise, looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Guys, what he's, what he's saying there is that he wants these people to come to him. And the reason why he hasn't come back yet to, to answer their question, where's this Jesus that you promise is coming back? I'll tell you where he is. He's in heaven waiting for you to stop being stupid. And to come to him and to repent, that's what he's waiting on because he loves you. He loves you. So, hey, it's hard to have patience sometimes with people. I totally get it. But I also totally get the fact that God wants us to be patient as well because there are people right now, many people that are maybe even listening to this right now who once were scoffers. I used to laugh at Christians when they would try to witness to me as a teenager. I would laugh in their face. I would deride them and make fun of them and mock them. And yet here I am all these years later preaching the gospel. So anybody can be saved, but sometimes it just takes us being patient with the right people. And I'm speaking specifically of maybe family members that you know or the friends that you have, the classmates or your coworkers or people you've known a long time. Hey, don't give up on them. They may be scoffing now, but they may be repenting one day for the gospel. So just know that Jesus says the world's going to hate us in some way. Now that doesn't mean we get a persecution complex. Doesn't mean that we, you know, walk around going, oh, I'm just expecting somebody to attack me, that kind of thing. No, just live your life, do what you're supposed to do. But just know that sometimes when you raise that gospel flag, that flag of truth, the flag of scripture, the flag of Jesus, that someone's gonna take a shot at it and may even take a shot at you with their words. So friends, stay strong, stay strong in the faith and stay in the word. Because that's where your strength is going to come from, is knowing what God says in his word. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.